0: It's time to get in the zone, the Fantasy Football Zone. Hey,
1: guys, where else would you rather be?
0: Get involved with the show by following us on Twitter at DraftThatGuy. What a piece of that championship? Put it in here. This is the Fantasy Football Zone. And welcome back into the Fantasy Football Zone. Yeah, it's the big time of year. We're right in the midst of the Fantasy Playoffs. Corey Smith and Rotowire again joining us uh, this week. Here we go, another big week after last week's action.
1: Yeah, if you survive the one-week playoff, if you're in the middle of the two-week playoff. It's primetime, Paul. It's where we uh, cast the checks here and uh, need to step up with our advice.
0: Yeah, I mean, this is its a crap shoot. Let's just face it. It, it seems that way. Huge injuries uh, going on. Of course, it looks like, again, the guy that was number one coming of the season, Christian McCaffrey, not going to be available for you here this week. It sounds more and more that, again, he's going to be doubtful. So, again, it's a hard thing to do, especially I know a lot of people I talk to We're happy they got McCaffrey overall number one. They weren't too down on an injury status earlier on, but then now here we are, playoff time, and he's not going to be there for you.
1: Yeah, I couldn't believe, looking this week, 10 missed games. I guess it's a little bit deceiving because he played early, came back for one game, and then back out again at midseason after being on the IR. When he's been in there, he's been really good, but it's been literally three games for McCaffrey. So hard to not count it as a bust, but taking him first overall, that's a process pick, and I certainly did the same when I had the opportunity.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. You, you definitely would take him one overall. And uh, it's been a tough going unless you grab Mike Davis, but it's been up and down with Davis. He had a, you know, a good game last week to rebound and help you out. But, uh, Earlier on, it looked like, yeah, it was going to be great with him replacing him, getting the catches and whatnot, and uh, all those PPR points, but uh, it's kind of been a roller coaster with him, too.
1: Yeah, he was on fire the first few games. He had seven, eight catches. Starting to heat back up now, and at least we have a clear picture. We know he's doubtful, officially, McCaffrey, so yeah, even that seems like it could be a stretch. And we've got to keep in mind, too, it's a Saturday night kickoff against the Packers, yes. so... preemptively, I would just switch Davis in there because it looks pretty strong. He'll be the starter.
0: And speaking of the Packers, we're going to get right into it, Uh, taking on Detroit. And, uh, you know, it was an exciting game. Uh, Went kind of down to the wire a little bit, and uh, the Packers come out. And I tell you what, uh, Aaron Rodgers, like we said, coming into the season, we weren't talking about him as one of the top quarterbacks a lot of people are alive in the fantasy playoffs now because some of them I mean maybe drafted him as their number 2 quarterback on some teams and some leagues I it's hard to imagine that but he's uh, helping you carry it in through these playoffs right now. It's
1: just ridiculous to consider where the stock with him uh, was on him preseason. And now to see him sitting at a 39-4 to touchdown interception. Look, we could have seen that. It's, he's still Aaron freaking Rodgers. So yeah. He was certainly underdrafted where he was going 8th, 9th, 10th among quarterbacks. Just way too late. And surprising here, the Packers with the win. Four straight over the Lions. I can't believe this, but four straight losses, 17 and 2018. So, of course, yeah. you they own them they typically do yeah detroit kept the game tied through two quarters so you know kind of flirting with it but you had a feeling that rogers would wake up and he did 17 straight points on three possessions out of the halftime break and Devontae adams really should be look receivers never win this thing but he's Mm -hmm. having a historic pace by season yeah Twelve touchdowns since week seven and 14 on the season if he didn't miss two games in September and October with injury. He may be competing with Randy Moss's touchdown record had 23 in yeah. 2007. Two more games in there. He's already at 14. I mean, he has been unbelievable this this year. And a 56-yard touchdown really flexed his muscles, his muscles on that
0: play. And, and with Adams, too, he's got an incredible streak going. He's got eight straight games with a touchdown now. In fact, the uh, two guys that are ahead of him on that list, AJ Green, had a nine nine game stretch back in 2012 with nine straight games. Jerry Rice, the GOAT, was uh, up there in 1987. He had 12 straight games with the TD catch. So, I mean, that's the company he's in, and you like to hear that, especially now in uh, playoff time, eight straight games with a TD catch and a uh, pretty favorable matchup coming up this uh, Saturday night as well.
1: He's been incredible. There's no question. Him, Tyreek Hill, 1-1-8. One and one a. Yep. They offer kind of different things. I mean, Adams, points per game, he's up on Hill. Uh, but Hill, overall, points with no games missed overall wheeze the league, Adams, he has been everything as advertised, just all around, just ridiculous receiver. Size, speed, breaking tackles, throwing guys around. (laughs) He he offers the complete package, and we talked about it last week. Certainly no receiver in the NFL better than him, maybe one or two on his level.
0: And Aaron Jones, owners, now you might be – wondering, okay, what's going on with him? Yeah, it's great that Rodgers is getting his and Devontae is getting him, but, w- but what about Aaron Jones here down the stretch?
1: I mean, he saved his best for when we needed him. Uh, wild card round, of fantasy, his worst game of the season. Nine yeah. and a half points against Detroit. You know, terrible timing here, but you look at it, 15 plus carry still, that was the third straight game with that kind of workload, and he's still Aaron Jones. I think he consistently is one of the most underrated backs. 5.0 yards per carry or better, three of the four seasons he's been in the league, and last year, somehow didn't get a Pro Bowl nod with 19 touchdowns and 1,500 yards that he had. Starting to feel a bit like Fred Taylor (laughs) of Jacksonville. He went forever without getting a Pro Bowl. Jones, he'll get one here very shortly. But the workload there, Paul, we know the talent. I just think it was a down week. The Panthers are just Delectable. For fantasy backs, they're literally one of the very best matchups in the league. Also very good towards pass catchers. So he could be the top back here in Week 15, if not certainly top spot.
0: And for the Lions, I guess if you have any Lions on your team, I mean, good luck. Because it looks like Stafford might miss some time here. Uh, I saw the, the story that the center played with a fractured throat. Uh, I mean, it's just some weird injuries going on in Detroit. Are you talking about a guy with... Oh got a fractured road. I mean, and he's the center. No, he's got that. to call out the – you know, he's the one who's got to, you know, call out the calls and all that stuff.
1: It's absolutely insane what <laughs> these guys play through. Yeah. That that one for sure. I hear broken toes, broken fingers, and I can't believe it. But the toughness of these guys is next level. But Stafford, like you said, with the ribs, still in the mix, but it's really looking like it's going to be Chase Daniel. Just five career starts for the Missouri product. Pretty good matchup against Tennessee, but I would, yeah, think about fading those lines, guys, except for maybe Swift. You're going to be, the volume's going to be down here a bit in the passing game, you would think, with Daniel likely under center against Tennessee.
0: So, okay, so what if you have this situation where, you got to pick up a back somehow you're in this uh you're in a tough situation Peterson or Swift because AP he's still he's getting some touchdowns here and there and uh I know with Swift back that's going to cut in there so if you had to pick one who you going with
1: I'd probably lean Swift at this Stage, and I'm thinking this too, just the explosiveness is one thing. AP, a little bit touchdown dependent. I like the explosiveness that Swift offers, and the other thing I was going to mention, we've got Daniel in there. There's always that kind of thought. He's going to be dumping it down. I don't really see him as necessarily an explosive passer down the field. I haven't seen that his time with the Bears and Saints and bouncing around with the Chiefs and whatnot. I can see that leaning towards a pass catching back like Swift here the next week or two, and I just think overall he offers more upside. than AP, though, AP still, 12 deeper leagues. He's definitely viable.
0: Up next, Kansas City and Miami. Man, it looked like the Dolphins, maybe we're going to have them, but uh, Patrick Mahomes and Kansas City, again, they rallied back.
1: They do it whenever they want. I mean, <laughs> this felt similar to the Bucks game. Another Florida team. They're down there. They're... Who knows what they're doing? They're relaxing, and they're letting teams come back, but they know they can put it away when they need to. Same situation here. I mean, Casey went up 30-10. Dolphins got it back to 30-24 with around three minutes in the fourth. And another just crazy fourth down play where Casey, they throw it on fourth and short with just complete confidence. Just roll Mahomes out right. And I do not know how you defend this route. Heard this. Bill Simmons brought it up perfectly. You got Tyree Kill, goes up two yards, and runs out to the sideline. I don't know how... How oh, you stop that. It's just he is too fast with that little route and Mahomes' accuracy. They pretty much have to mess up for that not to work. And that play is just its just money. So they put the game away with that. Dolphins keep showing fight. They show they're a real playoff team. And Tyreek Hill, just yeah. unreal. Uh, two touchdowns again in this one. Just his kind of balance and ability to stay in balance on the sideline. His first touchdown was absolutely bonkers. Just all the traffic that was in front of him. So Hill, we know he's a beast. Mahomes, even a bad game, he still has a good game. I mean, he throws three picks in this one, tip balls all over the place. He's almost... I don't think he's ever had a bad game where you, you leave the game and yeah. really have concerns. He always shows something every single game. Big injury update from this one, Paul. We got a guy who's actually kind of come on and been a real, real legit tight end in fantasy. Mike Gesicki, two touchdowns in this game. He had an insane one-handed snag last week. Hurts the shoulder in-game. The reports are now pretty much guaranteed, or at least really expected he's going to miss at least one game here. So Gesicki, I don't think there's a comparable guy on the roster. They have Adam Sch- Heen, if
0: you want to go down that route again, but I
1: think that it's pretty much uh, Gasicki's down. would have to look for another team's tight end to fill that spot.
0: And speaking of tight ends, I'm going to go on the other side. I I am just amazed by the numbers that Travis Kelsey's putting up this season. I didn't realize that he has uh, 1,250 yards so far in the air. He's only 128 yards away from breaking the all-time tight end record that George Kittle set uh, back in 2018 with that great season. And, in fact, you know, you might think 128 yards, that's going to be a lot for a tight end to get. No, he has, he's recorded at least 125 receiving yards in four of his past five games. So he might smash this record. I mean, he might get 1,500 yards receiving for a tight end this year.
1: He's, at, he's right under 100 yards a game. He's got 1,250, <laughs> like you said, 13 games. So, yeah, he yeah. definitely hit 1,500. I mean, that's nuts. Too. I, it's not the only year. I mean, this is his best year, but yeah. over a 1,000 for five straight years. I mean, that, that level of production for five straight years is no joke, Paul. This guy, he's like a receiver, getting paid like a tight end. He's not a bad blocker, of course, but not like Kelsey or Gronk. But he is the best catching tight end, hands down. Wouldn't you say? I mean, at yeah. this point, it's just no no debate.
0: Yes, and i I am starting to eat crow on the people that do the decision in the second round, and they decided to go for him or Kittle because I could d- justify that. I, I was a little bit behind the eight ball, I guess, on that strategy, especially if there were some good backs on the board or some of these second. But the way these two are, they're basically number one receivers at at the tight end position, and, and I mean they've. Kittle, unfortunately, with the injury, but uh, when he was healthy, he was dominating. I mean, Kelsey has just proven it once again.
1: It's really a huge advantage because it's just there's three, four guys in that position where you can get you a couple more points per game than the rest of the pack. So there isn't really a more sure thing in fantasy than Travis Kelsey. Yeah. Kittle, when Kittle plays, we know he is just basically the same level. Unstoppable force, better blocker, like we mentioned, but Kelsey, with his ability to stay on the field, has become more valuable. 15-plus mm-hmm. games, if he finishes out this year, 15-plus games every season since 2014. Availability is the best uh, ability, as they say, or as Bill that said. Kelsey, always on the field, always valuable.
0: Up next, Philadelphia and New Orleans, and hey, the switched... Jalen Hurts, it worked out for the Eagles as they knocked off New Orleans.
1: I mean, this was a big upset for Philadelphia. This was an even bigger loss from the Saints. This, it knocks them right out of the one seed. I mean, yep. the Packers, with their schedule down the stretch, I do not see them losing a game. That would be a surprise to me. And all year we've been talking about it. Seven playoff teams, that one seed is ever important, being the only bye. So we saw some kind of inconsistencies from the Saints. I thought they'd win this game big, but. Jalen Hurts, it's a spark ball. Do we buy it though? I mean, 167 yards passing, got away with one. Could have. There was a pick six that was really dropped by Saints DB in this game. The rushing was out of control, over 100 on the ground. Mm-hmm. Are are you buying in? I mean, it may be too little, too late for the Eagles, but do you like what you saw from Hurts?
0: I uh, well, you got to, I guess. I mean, they knocked off the Saints, so they proved with that formula at least for that week. It worked out, so I mean they got to stick with this, and I I think Carson Wentz obviously I think he's riding the bench for the rest of the season because after this uh, I mean it's going to be hard to go back to him, and then they're going to have some uh, big questions in the off season.
1: He's got a, no question, and Wentz even if he was no he's just got to be shut down. Yeah, he's like a shot fighter at this point. So hey, they got a spark. I think it's too little, too late. But hey, it's going to make for a very interesting off season, especially if he plays well these last three games. And it could save Peterson because if hurts was the disaster. That could be an indictment. Well, also on Roseman. But yeah. So it's definitely a lot of pressure on this pick. On the Saints side now, where do you where do you place them, Paul? I think the Packers are the best team in this conference. I think the Seahawks, they have to be in that conversation. Even the Rams, you trust them. But the Saints have been there every year. They've gone to the divisional rounds. It's almost like a situation where they're an NBA team. They're like the Houston Rockets at this phase. Yes. They do not care what happens until they get to the playoffs. Did you see something in them, or are you still buying them as a top flight contender in the NFC?
0: I'm still buying them as a top flight because of that defense. That defense is going to help them out, and uh, i I think this was just a abnormal performance on the road. And I I think you know I mean, they'll they'll play tough here the rest of. I mean, they got a tough matchup this week and you know, a possible playoff contender matchup next week as well. But uh, I think the Saints, they're going to be all right now, you know, with the breeze and, uh, you know, that, that situation, at that quarterback there, if he's going to be back in time, I think they might need him sooner than later just for that purpose to get them back in the flow. And I, I'm not sure where he's at medically here for this week. But, uh, and know, Taysom Hill, he's been doing what he's had to do to come in there, but I don't like him at quarterback come playoff time.
1: I'm with you. I don't think that's going to win in the postseason. He has looked better than I thought. I didn't give him enough credit coming in. Defense typically wins championships. I think we've had some examples in recent years that have kind of
0: thwarted that uh yeah, you know, rule a little bit. Well, last year, I guess, with Kansas City. Even though, you know, they they've been pretty decent, but they, it's all about offense. There.
1: Yeah, if you were going to say Super Bowl, uh, defense wins Super Bowls, you would have picked the 49ers in that game. Yep. They certainly had the better better team on paper defensively. I think the Saints are a peripheral team. I I do not love them as much as the Packers and – I think I'd even like the Seahawks. Just They have so many holes on their roster, but just Russell Wilson, I think that they're second tier to me in the NFC, but still, they are a team with a chance. Just not my favorite in that conference.
0: Up next, the game everybody wanted to see. Uh, Cincinnati and Dallas. Well... Again, thanks to fantasy football, this uh, was a meaningful game. Exactly. Yeah, nothing
1: that <laughs> you cared about is real-life football here. Really, only the Dalton family cared about a win-loss, seemingly. <laughs> and the Red Rifle, good enough to get it done. Former team of nine years, slides past them 30-7 to 7 this week. So really, pretty easy skating, but ugh, some bad news uh, fantasy-wise here. I mean, Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah how could you not start him i mean i he's been trending down he's had some down weeks the last month but i had him in a 12 team league i started him paul and he got 7.9 uh, so, yeah 7 games Single digits, five of the last seven. And the opportunities, I think, are slipping a little bit because of all the fumbles. Five lost this year. It's just been brutal from him. And looking ahead to next week, the 49ers, six fewest points allowed to back. It has been a disaster. That, to me, is the takeaway from this game. Zeke, uh, where where have you gone?
0: This is hard because, I mean, this guy is a top five back. This is a guy that would win you a fantasy championship normally. But you've talked about the problem. It's, you know, the fumbles and that offensive line is just i mean decimated with injuries and it's it's just not working i mean we've all we saw that whole offense basically go down when dak went out but you would think with zeke still in there they would be able to function a little bit and that stat you just brought up the uh, the 7 points or less scoring here in a row that is just insane for a guy that we expect to put up these monster games especially this time of year
1: and that's the thing, those seven games that since Dak went down and Ugh. some people saying, you know, it's going to hurt Zeke. Who's going to get in the ball? Others hypothesizing, Hey, no Dak. Dalton be good enough. They have to give Zeke the ball 25 times a game to have a chance. I just don't think Dalton against decent teams has been good enough where they're up and able to run as much as they'd like. And it just seems like a weird year from Zeke. It's not even yeah. just the line, but the fumbles too. He's going to have to reboot this offseason, and he has the talent to do it. But big money to running back rarely pays off. We'll see if they can reboot this one.
0: Up next, uh, the Bears took on the Houston Texans in this one, and just a, a big offensive explosion from the Bears that we didn't see coming. And this week,
1: <laughs> snowballs, Canton Hill and hell segment. <laughs> Got Mitchell Trubisky outplaying Deshaun Watson in a, in a real football game. Three touchdowns in the first half from yeah. tr- Trubisky. Did <laughs> that right all, all three of the touchdowns in the first half? The red hot, 267 through the air. They, they needed this game to have any life at all in the playoff mix. Still on the outside looking in with that six-game losing streak before this, but it really all started from the jump. Dave Montgomery first drive, 80-yard rushing touchdown. Good night. I mean, it, it yeah. only got worse from there. Watsonville line did not do many favors. Six sacks, 11 QB hits allowed on the Houston quarterback. The scariest thing, I mean, we got we're talking about the Cowboys line there. Down to their third-string tackle, they got no Collins. They got no Martin. Houston's got all their guys up front. I mean, this is their starting line. <laughs> yeah they they got to be re- pretty much the only thing they have figured out in Houston is the quarterback position. Otherwise, they have one of the worst rosters in the league, thanks to Big Bill. And then the Bears are the reverse situation. They're still a sliver of hope. They're pretty much everything figured out but quarterback. So two teams, completely different world. Bears just washed them out this weekend. I wouldn't take much away from Watson.
0: now. Now on the Bears side, i got to say, David Montgomery the last couple weeks could be a back that could help you here down the stretch. I, I don't know if this is going to continue now. He's got a matchup with the Vikings this week. Um, but it, it's been up here the last couple weeks after starting off slow with the injury and coming back and wasn't much of a factor Right? When you need him, uh, he could help you out.
1: He's been really good. and The workload all season has been consistent. Every single game that he's played, 10 or more carries since Tariq Cohen went down ACL. From that point forward, he's even gotten more work Has Montgomery in the last two weeks three combined touchdowns. He's been over 70 rushing yards, four of five games. Hey, if you've been rolling with him, I don't see why to stop now. Yeah, it's not an ideal matchup coming week 15, but then we've got the Jaguars in a potential week 16 fantasy championship. So yeah, he's earning it in the postseason here. I feel like we've always been ready for David Montgomery to break out. When he came out of Iowa State, there was a lot of hype about him. It really died down. And I feel like Maybe next year he he could be a sleeper. They have no depth behind him at running back right now.
0: So, again, he could really help you out. Yeah, you're you're looking to get past this week and in that matchup next week looking really good if you're a David Montgomery owner could help you in the championship if you're there. Up next, Ravens, Browns. Hey, I mean, this thing, maybe game of the year. This was uh, fantastic. And, again, the 47-42 victory after the uh, last play cost people millions of dollars.
1: Yeah. Now we had this thing. Our line was Ravens minus one, but it it just yeah. a lot of places. This was Ravens minus three. By the time the game kicked off, look, I didn't think the Browns had much momentum on that hook and ladder, but they got in a good twenty passes back and forth. <laughs> it lasted a while. Culminated in Landry taking the safety there, so that was certainly a bad beat, pushing it to a Ravens advantage on a crazy, crazy last play of the game. And also, another crazy stat in this one, first game since 1922 with nine rushing touchdowns between the two teams. So, yeah, you think these two teams like to run the ball? Uh, maybe more than any other two in the league. And then a classic note here, Twitter Classic Twitter. Was it cramps or was Lamar Jackson taking a poop? He had to go to the locker room. Look, uh, it, it was probably cramped, but people, they go, they theorize about these things. Doesn't matter. Superhero moment. I mean, this, this was an all time Monday night moment. Him coming back in, fourth and five, late in the game, 44 yard touchdown pass to who else? Hollywood Brown, three drops to yeah. already on the night. So it was just, it was a magical moment. With the rushing, 124 on the ground, Jackson, a really good fantasy day. This is a huge game from him, and even for the Browns in losing effort, you I think you like what you saw, just that they could stand toe to toe throughout. I think that it's an encouraging sign for Cleveland.
0: Yeah, I mean it was a fantastic game, back and forth. I think you learned a little bit more about Baker Mayfield too, and his composure because they were trusting his arm on the uh, the drive that they took the lead. I mean, yeah, he had Kareem Hunt and all that, but he was you know he was making some good passes on that drive, and I was kind of surprised that they were letting him. let it fly a little bit more and not uh, running it a little bit with uh, Chubb and uh, Hunt on that drive. I mean, he did a great job.
1: Yeah, I mean, they could have – they had a little more time. They pretty
0: much scored with a minute left, so they could have – Tried to lean more
1: on the ground if they didn't feel comfortable, but clearly they did. Four for four on that drive after Cleveland fell behind 42 35 in the fourth. Baker, three different completions of 15 plus yards, including the touchdown to Hunt in 22. You love to see it. I mean, he had the rushing touchdown. That's certainly fluky. Not the most nimble guy, but you like. just look. They're controlling what he's doing. Here they let him rip a little bit more, more attempts. He's showing he can hang in the game where they score forty plus points. I did not buy it. Like when they fell behind by two touchdowns, I, here we go. Cleveland's about to get washed out. Yeah, he showed some. He showed some real toughness and real ability. I think will he ever be elite? Probably not. But we got to take Baker a little bit more seriously. No question.
0: And again, congratulations to all of you that uh, picked Kareem Hunt in the draft because he's proven again that he is a very solid option, even though he's listed as a backup. I mean, he. You I think you gotta start him every week.
1: No question. He is just otherworld talent. And certainly, I mean, we can't not talk about it. I what happened off the field. Yep. It, it affects the way people want him on their team, first of all. And also they have Nick Chubb over there. I mean, he was an absolute beast his rookie year. He still is a beast, but until on- The records he was setting as a rookie, uh, breaking Eric Dickerson's records, and Mm -hmm. from the jump, he looked like a star. There really hasn't been a moment when he's played that Kareem Hunt hasn't looked like a star, must start in this offense. Against the Giants, a little bit tougher week 15, but I think we still got to let him rip with Probably Colt McCoy on the other side.
0: And uh, some of the fantasy spin takeaway from this game: someone else is jumping on our bandwagon. It looks like uh, from ESPN.
1: Yeah, we got Field Yates. <laughs> his tweet: I thought hit it on the nose. And we've been we've been pounding the table all year for this point. Yep. He says why is J.K. Dobbins not getting every single running back carry for the Ravens? It's just <laughs> when he gets chances, he makes things happen. He looks just he looks like a real back. In the NFL, 11-plus carries, five of his last six games, and also 50-plus rushing yards and a touchdown, three straight. He's still not getting workload of a, you know, 2018 Zeke Elliott, but he's hopefully gonna be there by next year. That would be the ideal situation for fantasy. But uh we know our and them they don't they do not care what we think. No. So we'll see. It'll probably continue to be a split situation. They always do that in Baltimore seemingly. Exemplified again here, Gus bus. <laughs> this bus don't stop for passengers. He is rolling along. And, uh, yeah, seven rushes, 49 yards, two touchdowns for Gus. That after he had 100 yards the week before against Dallas on Tuesday night. So he kind of has some deep league value, too. I mean, you can't sleep on Edwards if you're in a 14-, 16-team league. He's He is an option to consider in that offense. But Mark Ingram is just, he's MIA at this point. Long been dropable in 10-team leagues, but zero touches. And just one offensive snap all Monday night. He is long gone.
0: In fantasy. Yeah, just amazing turnaround, too, from where he was last year. One of the, you know, a guy that probably helped you win a league. And we thought maybe he could have been a sleeper option, even though it was, we thought going in, Dobbins would take some away. And, you know, Gus now has lurked in there as well. But we thought he'd be solid coming into the season. But, uh, yeah, it, it's really falling off here.
1: I thought he would be. I was. I was all over him. I thought he'd still be a number two, low number two. Yeah, flex consideration. He wasn't. He was the eleventh best running back in fantasy last year. Mark Ingram, lots of touchdowns, but you score fantasy points. We don't care. Yeah. So huge drop off from him. Don't see him. Not sure his contract situation, but I would be surprised. He's part of the long term plan. I think he's up after this year. Look, he may still have something left depending what team he goes to. We've seen it with guys like Latavius Murray. Look, he's a lot younger than my second example, Adrian Peterson. But these yeah. bigger backs, these between the tackle backs, they can still go somewhere else and have new life. So I wouldn't give up on Ingram entirely. State. Still may have a year or two of decent play left in them.
0: So now for the real football questions. Will the uh, Ravens win like this in the postseason? What do you think? That's
1: the question. Can can they get in? First of all, they're one spot back of the seven-seeded Dolphins. But you're watching that. uh, They got that guy on the NBC Sunday night coverage. He's squatting down by that big computer monitor telling you all the playoff odds. Yeah. You look at the Dolphins, they're in the 60s right now, but they only have like a 30-40% chance of making it. Very tough back half. They do have to play New England, which they usually have their number late in the season, but the Ravens look like they can get in. Can they win with this in the postseason? Maybe a game. I think they could steal one. Uh, They're going to have to go on the road the first round, almost definitely. They cannot catch Pittsburgh, actually, so... In fact, they will. Mm-hmm. Paul, I think I think one game, but I do not think that I would take them even to get the AFC Championship. I just think they will figure it out. When it gets to playoff time, it, Lamar just does not seem like the same guy. No.
0: Yeah, the offense will be strugg- struggling against some of those defenses they got to take up. But the Ravens' defense, which has been pretty decent, kept them in games this year, uh, given up 42 to Cleveland here. That is a big concern to me, because I, I know the offense is not scoring, but when I see this defense now starting to leak a little bit, uh, that ain't good coming around this time of year.
1: Absolutely not. They they need to run the football, and if they're going to make it deep in the postseason, they need to create some turnovers. I mean, yeah, we saw Marcus Peters go down in this game, seemed like he... They've been cramping. We'll have to look at that. But, yeah, 42 points surrendered. They got the win. But with this style of team, certainly of concern. Another detail I'll add in there here. The last year games for Baltimore, big reason why we think they'll make the playoffs, get in, and probably get bounced. They got the Jaguars. They got the Giants. And they got the Bengals coming up these last three weeks. So, looking good for fantasy and looking good for their playoff hopes.
0: Up next, the uh, Patriots and Rams. And, boy, the Rams. They just took it to the Patriots right away. I don't know if it was revenge from the Super Bowl or not. Where uh, you know McVay even admitted uh, he got out coached that game. I know that was from the press conference after the Super Bowl, but uh, they really ran it up in this one. I mean, Cam Akers, where have you been, buddy? They, they, I guess they believe in him now. Exactly,
1: exactly. Yeah, I drafted them in what the fifth, sixth round. Yeah, They can actually have some. You know, rookie backs they tend to step in and be able to contribute. Off Sean McVay, take him in the second round. So I was getting pretty excited. Really, not much until late in the season. Did hear how to work on his, you know, picking up blocks in pass coverage. Certainly with Jared Goff, as your quarterback, you got to have guys who can block. So that is kind of what kept him off the field until more recently. Did deal with some injury too. But most rushing yards in the game with his 171 by a Rams rookie since Jerome Bettis. In nineteen ninety three. And also just goes to show how good that Todd Gurley contract was. That sweet, sweet <laughs> cash. Yeah. Sam Akers, seventy-four more rushing yards in this game than any game Gurley put out last season.
0: Oh, and
1: wow. Akers has only really he's only really been the bell cow a couple games. Now twenty carries in back to back games. He does seem like unquestionably overpass Henderson. He's the guy you want in that backfield.
0: And for the Rams, you know, I know you're posing the question, you know, do you think they're a top five NFL team? And when we were going through the NFC lineup here, you know, where do you think they are? I really like this team. I, I I know sometimes the offense is hit or miss a little bit, but if I see what they're doing here with acres, they can run the ball a little bit more. I really like that defense. I mean, they've got premier players, Mm -hmm. obviously with Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, you know, the linebackers may be a little iffy there, but I really like the makeup of this team and how they've kind of switched identities now to the defense is the strong part of this team. This is a much better
1: defense than it was the Super Bowl team a couple years ago, the team that lost in the Super Bowl. Really, you know, they've got all the same receivers. They've got golf. They've got Big Bay. They've just improved that defense big time. You mentioned the linebackers, not ideal, but enough stars. They're able to take over games front. I mean, this was a really rough matchup for Cam, and we pointed it out. Their yeah. the Rams are tough against running quarterbacks. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I do think I like them more than the Saints, and I put them in the mix there. I pretty much have them on an equal playing with those, with those Seahawks. Yeah, I, I like them. They're in the mix. There's three or four teams in the mix. Now, the Patriots side, look, they, sure. they had to show more than this. They came out just flat. Hunt, yeah. punt, pick six to open up the game. This could not get more nightmarish than that. Kenny House takes it for the 79-yard touchdown, so 17 nothing. They're tra- by the early second quarter, and this is a game they had to win, not a team that can play from behind at all. So after they destroyed the Chargers, just a complete letdown. I mean, they're pretty much done now. Paul. I mean, they are technically not eliminated. Mm-hmm. They got to win out, of course, but, I mean, they. it seems pretty certain they're going to miss the playoffs for the first time since Matt Castle.
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's a heck of a run, but, yeah, it's not looking good. The, the offense just – I don't know if there's a guy you can trust starting fantasy on the Patriots right now.
1: No, I don't know. I don't think so. I'm thinking the guy, you know, James White.
0: Yeah, but it's still hard to plug him in with with what you saw here this week against a good defense. And, I mean, they they were going to have some Mm. decent teams down the stretch here.
1: I'm with – there's nobody that I can definitely stamp my – (laughs) Stamping statically here. Yeah. Ham has been terrible as a passer. They've largely covered it up. I mean, with all the opt outs on defense, what they've done, I mean, they're not as good as. Some of these Patriots defenses over the years, but that's what's kept them around 500. Coach Belichick, what they've done with a bunch of young defensive players, it's been all on the ground for Cam. Just literally 90 passing yards per game the last three weeks. He's just nothing. He cannot win consistently like that. But the rushing for fantasy has been outstanding. More rushing touchdowns this season than he had in the 2015 MVP campaign three short of his career high, which is 14. So that's what's filling him out in fantasy, but he looks shot as an NFL quarterback.
0: Up next, Chargers say they get a win over the Falcons in this one. They do, and this is two
1: teams who just did not want this game. I mean... (laughs) Who could throw that last pick, and it was the ice pick. I mean, Matty Ice, uh, yeah. yeah. It was him. It was him. He was horrible. Two picks on his final four pass attempts. You don't see that often, Paul, and that's no. something that really only the Falcons can do.
0: <laughs> it's another way to lose a game, and they have uh, done the best they can to come up with all the uh, creative ways this year.
1: I don't know how they do it. It's very creative. They have a creative director. <laughs> running that department, I believe, but Justin Herbert, he tried to give it back. I mean, Matt, (laughs) Matty Ice, he throws the pick. Justin Herbert literally, a couple plays later, throws another interception right back to the Falcons. And then Ryan, he just can't help himself. Another one to really steal it. Chargers get in range and knock it down. Now, we got Ryan. He's under contract for one more season. They really are pretty much locked into that. $23 million for him uh, in 2021. Not ideal. But they can get out of it after that. They're sitting at the seventh overall pick in the draft. I'll be very intrigued to see what the Falcons do. I know that Trey Lance, he's played one game for North Dakota State this year. Yeah. How are you going to draft a guy that's played one game? I mean, that's, that's really really tricky. Fields is probably going to be gone. So what are the Falcons going to do at quarterback? Do you just keep him, Paul? Do you think it's just you got to hold on to Matt, Matt Ryan or like if you're in that seventh spot, what are you thinking right now as your GM cap here? What are you thinking if you're running
0: out? I guess it's what Arthur Blank is thinking here uh, on what yeah. GM hire he makes and what direction he wants this team. Obviously, they tried to go the defensive route with Dan Quinn and the specialists, and well, you know, got him to a Super Bowl and. Obviously, they had a big lead in that Super Bowl. So, I mean, it that formula did work with, a, a, you know, a majority of this roster that they had. I think yeah. with that pick, I think they got to go defense and you hang on to Matty Ice. And I think maybe that's what Arthur Blank is looking for, GM, saying, "Hey, we do have a pretty decent quarterback." Obviously, this is a tough situation, you know, going on here. The results weren't here this year, but we have a. A veteran guy that a lot of teams around the league would like to have. So we're kind of set there. The defense, though, has always been our issue. So, I mean, if he's if he's going back to that route, I could see going defense with that pick, or maybe someone to help around the offense, maybe the line or something like that to help this team out. But I, I don't think, and I'm along your lines of thinking that I don't think a quarterback at seven is going to help them out. Now again, if they were at 1 or 2, uh maybe a different story.
1: Yeah, I mean if they could get Josh Allen like the Bills did at 7, that would be great. Yeah. It's going to be a lot more of a crapshoot like you said. I mean, weird, weird season. There's really one lock in guy just in the field feels pretty good. Mm-hmm. you got some other wild cards coming into the mix with Zach Wilson and whatnot from BYU. But yeah, pick seven is a little bit no man's land depending on what the quarterback class looks like. Like you said, I mean, the Bears would probably be a playoff team right now, probably have eight wins with Ryan, you'd think. I mean, they just need someone yeah. competent quarterback in there. He's His arm does not look as strong as it did the last couple of years. We saw it kind of highlighted against the Packers in key throws. He's not the same guy, but you can still win with them. They, they definitely need to help up front. And Julio Jones, can they get any... Would that be a potential move? That's the name I hear.
0: Oof. Who the hell knows?
1: I don't know if they can move that contract, but they have enough receivers. That would be, believe it or not, one thing I think they could shift out with capital coming back via the draft.
0: And, yeah, unless Blank hires Bill O'Brien for some unknown reason, then they won't get anything for him. If they
1: hire Bill O'Brien, ah! yeah, they're, they're packing it in. That's... <laughs> He he can't get a job. I've heard his name in maybe another cycle, but right now I think we're just too too scarred.
0: He'll be a Patriots defensive cameraman assistant or something because I think that's where all Belichick guys, they eventually make their way back to Foxborough and they do something in the video room. I don't know. I love it. No, I'm not going to argue with that. (laughs) Uh, That that seems about right. Up next, Broncos and Panthers. Broncos get a win in this one.
1: Yeah, rematch of Super Bowl 50 here, and uh, these teams have fallen quite a bit the last (laughs) five years.
0: Man, five years. I mean, just think about that. The last five years. Yeah, both these teams were, you know, up there atop Echelon teams here, and all of a sudden, yeah, here we are five years later.
1: I know. You're sitting there with Cam Newton and this all-world defense. Yeah. And coming off an MVP season, and you know, we lost the Super Bowl. We'll get back. It, it's just so hard to get there. Mm-hmm. And they have not even gotten close. It was just a magical season. Same thing with the Broncos. They have been terribly inconsistent and just really a letdown. So, yeah, no McCaffrey for this game. We talked about it. Likely not going Week 15. Mike Davis did his thing. I do like him next week. Packers, eighth most receptions allowed to opposing backs, And then this game, DJ Moore was not able to go against the Broncos. Cleared the way. Another big outing from Robbie Anderson. He's been really a legitimate wide receiver, too, all 2020. Yeah. Just broke his career high in receiving. Uh, only two touchdowns. That kind of kept him out of that elite tier. But 8.8 targets per game, that's plenty of work for Anderson. And he's he's capitalized on it.
0: And if you were starting uh, Drew Locke in a DFS or or something like that, uh, he rewarded you this week. We had to see it. We had to
1: see this, Paul. We've only got a couple games left this season. It sounds like, look, it's going to be him next year. It sounds like Vic is going to be back. We needed to see this from Drew Locke. Had that second-quarter fumble, which led to a Carolina touchdown. But this game, from him, his best outing all year, no question. Four touchdowns. 280 through the air just the first time all season he's had multiple passing touchdowns and no interception so yeah, plenty of interception issues from him statistically crazy thing that jumped out 149 and a half passer rating from Locke, the third highest figure single game number in franchise history only peyton manning john elway they each have one performance that was better than drew locks from a passer rating perspective but just a historic game from Locke in broncos history i mean didn't really pop out that way but passer rating off the charts against the panthers
0: and again uh, you know Noah Fant, a guy you know we like in fantasy good tight end but uh, just trouble staying on the field this this year
1: i loved him early he was a really high floor guy like every single game he'd get you five catches 50 yards wouldn't always get in the end zone but when he did he'd get you a good week and at least get you a winnable score he'd get you a score in that tight end spot you could you could live this game falls ill have to leave early if you're relying on him in fantasy i mean there's really not anything you could do you're probably put him in there in a deeper deeper league if you played him or you're just a Broncos fan like me. <laughs> but uh yeah. Even before the injury, he was starting to regress a little bit, but it's one of those situations, if you played him, you're pretty much just screwed. There's not much you can do when someone gets sick mid game like that.
0: And I guess down the stretch here too, if you if you're, you have the Broncos backfield, if you got Gordon or maybe you got Lindsay's just buried on the bench here. <sighs> Are you comfortable with starting any of these guys or putting them in the flex down the stretch?
1: I think i lead in Gordon. He did bang up his shoulder in this game. Phillip Lindsay got a little bit more work late, but still it was mainly Gordon throughout. Uh, 233 scrimmage yards, last two appearances for Gordon. He wasn't great against the Panthers, no touchdowns, which he does kind of depend on, but he still broke 90 scrimmage yards. Still got 16 touches. So to me, he's kind of edged Lindsey out a little bit all season when they're both healthy. And I do think he's the preferred option here. Also worth noting, he had that suspension up in the air or just kind of a, they're going to have to come to the table moment about his, uh, DUI, uh, DUI charge from this fall
0: mm-hmm.
1: does not sound like a suspension will be coming this year. His court date pushed back till January. So Melvin Gordon, if you're wondering, next three weeks will not have to worry about discipline from the league.
0: Alright, up to sit and start here for week 15 at quarterback. Uh, who is starting this week? Well,
1: <laughs> I'm on the TV-12 regimen here, and we were talking about the uh, that Super Bowl we got a rematch here, at least Brady versus the Falcons. This is the time of year I think the Bucks are going to get rolling. What was it? Month? No. Month and a half ago. Before they went on their slide, they were like maybe the top team in the NFC. A lot of people, when they were smoking hot, loved the Bucks. They were sliding. Now they finish up the year. They're 8-5. and five. They're going to finish 11-5. and five. They got the Falcons. They got the Lions. And they got the Falcons again. So really oh, yeah. good stretch here for Brady. And I... I just think this matchup. He hasn't been great this year. Up and down. He's been 20 or more fantasy points five times, but he's also been held under nine fantasy points, single digits, two different games, and they were both divisional games. That kind of raises your eyebrow, but the Falcons literally the most fantasy points allowed to opposing quarterbacks one more point per game than any other team in the NFL. Oh yeah, I do think that Brady, bargain by here, DFS, even just regular league, of course, Mm -hmm. I'd start him against the Falcons.
0: And who to sit at quarterback? What? I need this guy in the playoffs. Russell Wilson? I mean, look, we said it last week about Kyler Murray. Still start.
1: Kyler Murray, when I put these guys on the sit list, we're talking DFS and we're talking expectation. I think yes. that he, Russell Wilson, he's going to finish below his expectation this week. And real life football, he has not been as explosive as the start of the season. Weeks one through eight, the first half, number one quarterback in fantasy. Weeks nine to 14, just 11. And his worst three outings all season have come in the last five games. They're going out east. They often play well out east. They didn't have a loss on the east coast for like nine or ten straight games before the Bills beat them earlier this season. But Washington, no Alex Smith on offense. Will that blow things down? We'll see. This could impact it. But a good defense, legitimately good defense, nine fewest fantasy points allowed to opposing quarterbacks. Number four in the National Football League in DVOA, defensive efficiency. I Just think that this game here, it's a low-scoring game, five-and-a-half points spread. I think it's a closer game than we think. Washington's playing tough. Even yeah. if it's a backup, the defense is still going to be out there. 23 or fewer points for the Seahawks in three of their last four. Also 17 or fewer points, two different times since Week 10. So they're cold. you got a DFS option that you can go to, or even season-long. Kaysom Hill playing the Chiefs, that could be a shootout. Mm-hmm. Someone like that, I don't know if I could even do that, but DFS, Russell Wilson, I'm not going his way week 15, considering alternatives, even season
0: long. And that running back, we kind of talked about it, Zeke Elliott uh, against the banged-up San Francisco defense. And uh, what do you think of him this week?
1: Yeah, we'll touch on it quickly. I mean, we talked about the uh, that barn burner up front last week, the Bengals and the Cowboys. <laughs> Yeah, Zeke, if you got options like a Stadium uh Cam Akers, I'm not kidding. One of these guys, at this point, you're trying to win a fantasy championship. does not matter where you drafted these guys. It's what they're doing right now. Yeah. And what we're seeing from Elliott, one touchdown since Zach Prescott went down. He had six the first five weeks of the season. So he's just gone off an absolute cliff. Meanwhile, all the fumbles, Tony Pollard literally equaled Elliott's carry share last week. They had the same amount of rush attempts. Pollard had almost double the points. He had five more points than did Elliott. I still think Elliott's so you want, of course, yeah. among the two, but it's a tough matchup against the Niners. I completely get it, though. If you're in a 16-team league, 14-12, you're probably starting Elliott, but Calgary's league, I'd probably fade him. I think you could honestly find an option that would be better
0: in a 10-team league. And what Ravens running back are we starting this week? It's our boy. It's
1: yeah. <laughs> the Jaguars. 13 or more fantasy points, three straight games. Mark Ingram, we said, he's gone. He's out of the picture. Plenty of opportunity against the one-win Jaguars. They're going to be running the clock. They're going to be up in the second half, you would think. I mean, the Jaguars have played a couple teams tough, but come on. I mean, the Ravens, they need to win these games, these last three to get in. Jaguars, fourth most points allowed to opposing backs. He's the hot hand. Segwaying my next guy really quick, we mentioned him as well today. Akers, also a hot hand play here. Take on the Jets, maybe the second worst, or sorry, the worst team in football behind the Jaguars. Akers is who you want here. His role is only developed and developed. Culminating in the last couple of weeks, he's gotten those 20 carries against the Jets, among the 10 worst teams against fantasy running backs. So same situation, kind of a situation where we got big favorite and a young back who's starting to get work. So J.K. Dobbins against the Jags, Akers against the Jets, those are both good
0: plays for this week. And wide receiver guy that's finally coming on, T.Y. Hilton. You had to be patient with T.Y.
1: that's <laughs> If you hung in there with Ty in your starting lineup, I mean, he's been he long dead in the fantasy since yes. out October. Yeah, but now, I mean, what is he doing lately? That's all that matters. We got five or more targets, eighty plus receiving yards and three straight. He was just whore. Did not score a touchdown the first eleven weeks. Didn't break seventy receiving yards the first 11 weeks. Now, four touchdowns since week 11. Two against the Raiders, which led to Paul Gunther getting canned. A guy that was hand-picked by Gruden. Go figure. Yep. I pick all the players, but you coach the defense, you're fired. Yep. It makes sense to me. (laughs) But uh, anyway, T.Y. Hilton, he owned the Raiders last week, and he owned the Texans his last eight games against them. Been over 100 yards five times. Played them earlier this year, had 110 and a touchdown. Hilton, kind of a rhythm player, Weird talent to figure out with Philip Rivers, it seems like they're finally clicking. And I think we can trust him here, week fifteen.
0: And uh, you know, a wide, another wide receiver to sit uh, this week. This guy I think he is just not he's been struggling all year again. DJ Moore.
1: I loved him last year. Yeah. As we've talked about this was a franchise decision for you, Paul. This is I love his talent. I love the way he plays. He may not have the most high up floor in fantasy, but last year at least he was a very high floor option in PPR and really any league you're playing in. DJ Moore was very consistent, but he's been dealing with an ankle issue now. He's projected to come off the COVID list. He was unavailable last week while on the reserve list for COVID. Still, if he plays, he's going to be dealing with that ankle in a short week here. Look, he's been out, but still, got to go up against that Green Bay secondary. Tyron Alexander, he's no joke. The thing that gives me a little bit of pause here, 20 targets from DJ Moore his last two games. That is excellent workload, but he also has a few different games this year, three different outings with two or fewer receptions. As they blend him back in with a tougher matchup, you know, Robbie's going to have a role. You know, Mike Davis, of course, always has a role as a pass catcher. I think this is one of more quieter games of 2020.
0: And now let's go against the spread. one of our favorite segments here and how things get screwed up uh, because of plays like in the Browns-Ravens game. Uh, we'll start here with the Browns. They are favored by four and a half over the Giants this week. This one, if
1: Daniel Jones is healthy and playing, this would be a really good primetime game. The Browns, they'll be in prime time a second straight week. But Danny Dimes, status in doubt for Sunday. Now a sprained ankle to go with that hamstring injury. When they ran him out there last week, he did not look ready. He was hobbling pretty quickly into that game. So, looks like there's a good chance it'll be Colt McCoy. So, we'll just kind of do on that for a minute. Colt McCoy, okay. I know you're a Texas
0: guy, so it's got to be him, right? It's
1: tempting. It's tempting. <laughs> I mean, lightning. Lightning did strike once in Seattle, but Baker seeing something from him—not an elite quarterback, we said it, but a legitimate quarterback. Giants, their defense is good, but I just do not think they're going to be able to keep up in this game, mainly because of their quarterback situation. I mean, if they played it more. Calmly with Jones, more patient. Let him get another week of rest. He may be ready for week 15. I just don't think they can score with the Browns. I'm going to take the Browns to wear them down with the ground game, cover that four and a half. A little bit big here, but I'm going to take the Browns to cover on the road.
0: All right. So the Browns, you know, they've been putting up some points the last couple weeks, but, you know, they kind of go up and down, up and down, up and down performance. Now, after Monday night, I, I think I'm a believer in him a little bit more than I was and uh, even with that spread the way it is the four and a half right now and you know the Giants say yeah, I wore down on offense right now can't really move it as much I do like Cleveland in this one and yeah I, you know I think they'll win and they might win by 10 in this one
1: it feels a little icky taking the Browns yeah. to cover a number like four and a half, but I think all the circumstance here, it makes sense going into week 15.
0: Up next, we got the Chiefs, uh, two and a half point favorites against the Saints in New Orleans.
1: And this is going to be a really good game as long as the Saints show up. You know, the Chiefs, they may not come out hot, but they're going to at least be in the game late and probably win. They've let some teams hang around, mostly pretty good teams. They've lost just one game this season, but six and seven against the spread, showing me, you know, pretty much a coin flip in Vegas when you're taking the Chiefs. They they know what's going on there. Uh they're not sneaking up on anybody. But New Orleans that was a weird game. They needed that game. That was a they've really needed every game along the way to be in position for that number one seed. But mm-hmm. losing to Philadelphia, come on. They're on the road, but there's no fans. There's only a couple fans in there. I mean, how yeah. I do not trust Saints with that. I still think they're a good team. I still buy them as a peripheral contender, but I just think the Chiefs are a different beast think that you know their pass defense is good enough. If Hill can beat him, if Hill can beat the Chiefs with his legs, that's going to be the only way. But I, I just think with Mahomes off a three-interception performance, he's bound to bounce back, and I'm going to take the Chiefs to win and cover by a field goal here.
0: Yeah, this is a real tough game, and I could see the Saints not maybe trying to uh, get into a shootout with him, maybe trying to control the ball a little bit more with Kamara, with Murray, Obviously, with Taysom Hill at quarterback, more of a, a running attack to try to control the clock and keep Mahomes and company off the field a little bit more, and uh, you know help out that defense. Yeah, for a two and a half point favorite on the road, I the Saints like to hang around in games like these. I might just, I think I'm going to pick them in this one because yeah, they're coming off a different the the, the performance in Philly was just terrible, but. I think they, you know, they'll they'll play up to the competition here, and uh, I'll I'll pick them in this one.
1: The Chiefs, they got a little bit more of a buffer now with Pittsburgh looking like they're kind of yeah. sliding downhill. It feels like if one of these teams has to win this game, it's the Saints to try to get back in that number one mix. So I can see it from that end, but we'll have a split here: <laughs> one on the Chiefs, one on the Saints.
0: All right. Why, which one you want to go with here to end or out? I think I like the first option here. We have two options on the table. yeah, Patriots,
1: Dolphins or Washington at uh, hosting the Seahawks. Washington they're getting five and a half points uh, but then the Patriots, I think I prefer that bet. I don't really want to touch Washington this week. Mm-hmm. Alex Smith, no practice for him on Wednesday. That made me think about switching over to Seattle but I'm just thinking this, it's a stay away from me. I think that the Patriots the thing that gets me, it's a late season game. They're playing the Dolphins and that means the Patriots typically lose this, at least they did last year in Week 17. Yep. Coming off that just egg lane on Thursday night against the Rams where so they did not show up. I just think they're going to have a little bit momentum, a little bit more momentum going into this game, a little bit more energy, I I hope. God, if, they're, if they'd if beat a cast
0: they come out... <laughs> less energy this
1: week and bill belichick against the run, the young quarterback He was looking pretty good but still that seems like a, a law of football i'm gonna take the patriots getting two points two point underdogs at miami
0: now i like your thinking and obviously bill belichick against a rookie quarterback we saw it a couple weeks ago with justin herbert they dominated the chargers but i think i'm liking the dolphins in this one because i think this is the big game for brian Flores. He he's flying under the radar for Coach of the Year. I think they get the big win here, and that helps propel them into the playoffs. You know, with some momentum, they finally get rid of the Patriots out of that NFC East, officially. You know, in the playoff picture, and I like the Dolphins for the fact that I, I just think with the, what we have seen of that Patriot offense, just continuing on a downhill trend. I gotta go with the Dolphins in this one.
1: I think they're the better team overall. I just lean. Main thing I'm thinking is Belichick versus the rookie QB. But the Dolphins all year they've been the better team. Patriots got them earlier in the season, which we kind of thought that was the only time we really thought the Dolphins were maybe stink but pretty much from week two on they've been the better team all right so we got two splits this week Paul yep. not good news for me you're way ahead of me in the standings a perfect 3-0 for you last week so I'll take the Browns actually we're both on the Browns yep you got the Saints right yeah I got the Saints we're split. I got Chiefs, uh, minus two and a half. You got the Saints with the points. And then the final game of the week, I got the underdog Patriots getting two. And you'll take Flores and the boys. And yep.
0: Down to yep, trying to come back here. Just just trying to put their stamp that they are a power now in the AFC East. And it would
1: certainly be a changing in the guard. Last thing, this week, what, what are the Patriots going to do a quarterback? They're in no man. Oh. We're talking about Atlanta. They're at the seventh pick. Mm-hmm. Are you about to go into another year with – Cam Newton as your quarterback? I don't hate it. I love to watch Cam play, but not necessarily this version. Stafford's out there, maybe. Can they even draft a quarterback that's going to be worth it? I mean, they, they got Garoppolo, but last question there. What are the Patriots
0: going to do a quarterback, Paul? I don't know if they stick with Cam because unless they do like what they've seen here a little bit and they know some of the guys that are coming back off the COVID list on that defense, maybe that's the way they want to roll with this offense now and and kind of switch it off with a grinding offense, which kind of would be like a Belichick style. I mean, I know with Brady, they had all the excess throwing the ball down the field, but he is a defensive coach after all. Defensive coaches historically love just grinding the ball out, going to a mm-hmm. running style, and we've seen at points this season Cam can continue that. I don't know what kind of money Cam's looking at, and I don't know if this is a message being sent as well as, yeah, we're going to go the Jared Stidham route here. And look for someone in the draft. <laughs> I, yeah, this is a tough one. I don't know if Cam's back next year. I, I think they go another direction. And uh yeah, I just and I, I wonder too if Belichick's back next year. Because I, I think maybe this was just the year to try to prove that he could win without Brady, but what else has the guy got to prove? And maybe he's at that point of his career where he looks at things and he's like, I think I think we did good here. I I, I don't I'm just throwing things against the wall here, but that point's going to come here in the next couple of years, where he's he's probably like, well, I I want to hang out with Bon Jovi and uh, watch concerts and go sailing on my boat. I I don't know.
1: Do you think about Josh McDaniels coming back to New England? I think there's a to coach in Indianapolis. It seems like there may have been some kind of deal worked out there where he knows he's going to get that job in the next couple of years.
0: Yeah, I think that that was a big thing too. I think maybe Bill said, yeah, in the next five years, I'm you know just. Just hang in here. You're gonna be taking over here. We'll we'll keep things in good shape too. Because that's the other thing. I mean, he could still be have a role with the team when McDaniels takes over or whatever you know, whatever they would have. You know, the player personnel department or something. So I it's not like he would be taking over brand new with a new GM roster just depleted. I mean, the cover has plenty of talent still there in New England. So That could be another situation. Yeah. With Cam or
1: not, if they get all their defensive guys back, add a receiver, for God's sake, someone who can stretch the field.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
1: It could be a different dynamic. Even if they bring Cam back, they could still be a nine-win team next year. But I think they got to go the free agency route with a Donald or Stafford type guy. Yeah.
0: Well, again, a lot of great stuff going on. Big playoff matchups this week in fantasy, and it's going to be another great weekend. Thanks for helping us break it all down, Corey.
1: Good to be here, my friend, and we'll see for we're alive in the playoffs.
0: Subscribe to the Fantasy Football Zone and give us a five-star rating while you're at it. Follow us on
1: Twitter at DraftToThatGuy. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Football Zone podcast.